0: Okay, so now that we've established who God is, and that we did that in my last episode, episode number 41, if you want to go back and listen to that, it's a quick 10-minute episode on God and who He is. Now in this episode, what I want to talk about is how to dress for God. So I'd like to just start out with the premise that you can identify people and who they belong to by the way they dress. So for example, when I was a younger girl in elementary school, I belonged to the Girl Scouts. And and in particular, it was a little group called the Brownies. I don't know if they even still exist, but we had a, a little uniform and I was so excited to get my little Brownie uniform because I knew on the inside, in my little heart, that when I walked the streets of my uh neighborhood, and I was headed back and forth to, from my house, that everyone would know that I was a Brownie. And that just made me so excited to be identified as part of the Brownie Girl Scout troop. So we could argue that the same thing holds true all the way up until adulthood, right? Every every organization that you put involve your child in, whether it be, um, little league in school all the way up to being an adult and you are a part of um, any kind of a special group Um, here's another example i was a part of a marching band and i played this thing called the xylophone and we had our own uniform. And again, I was super excited about that. I was a teenager at the time. And I loved having that big, huge hat on my head with the tassel hanging over it. And this amazing jacket that looked like an army type jacket. I mean, it, was, it wasn't army colors, but it had all these buttons down the front and tassels on the shoulder. I looked very um, official. And I'm telling you, being in that costume let's call it that, um, was just as special as actually being in the band and playing the instrument. And so I'm making the point here, I'm taking the time to make the point that many, many times the group you identify with and the things that you're doing together as a group, what you wear um, symbolizes the same pride that you have for being in that group as uh, the actual event and the activity that you're doing together. So here's what I mean by that. When I was in that marching band, sure, we practiced uh, and we were, you know, in our casual clothes and we just we did our practices, but that nothing compared to the feeling of the day we all put on our uniform and actually went out there and and represented the band. In the, in the parade. Nothing compared to that feeling. And so I'm, I'm making these points just because if any of you belong to um, anything like that, I want you to conjure up that feeling in your mind. What does that feel like when you're a part of something or your child is a part of something and you can just see the pride well up in their eyes when they put on their little uniform or costume that uh, that just c- kind of binds them to that group that shows the world Look, I've been chosen to be a part of this very, very special group. So now the same holds true for religions. I grew up in a as a Catholic in a in a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York. And everyone around me, they were very orthodox, the the people, the Jewish people that lived in my grandmother's building. And everyone around me. Um, wore very special clothing. And I couldn't figure out why. I was just a little girl watching from my grandmother's window, the living room window I would on the third floor. I would peek out and see these little girls playing in their dresses and their tights and their um, special shoes, and their hair was done so cute. And I thought, wow, I don't know who these people are and why they do what they do. But it sure is admirable and it sure is attracting. Now, as a little girl, I didn't I didn't know what the word admirable was, but I'm just explaining it to you as an adult that when we see groups that are unified in a way that they they represented on the outside with their dress, we admire that, don't we? We look at that and go, wow, I'm not sure why they believe what they believe but they believe it's strong enough to be able to show it to the rest of the world and live by it on the outside. I think we all, deep down inside, find that a little bit admirable, even though you know, we're not sure what is the premise behind that belief. We admire it. We admire that they have the courage to live their beliefs out loud. Okay, so apostolic girl bosses. Here's where we shift to you. You're an apostolic boss. The world is watching you. They're watching you both on the inside and the outside. They're watching not only how you conduct your business and your customer service and your attitude and your um, disposition, but they're also watching how you dress. They're watching. And make no mistake, they already know that you're different. They can tell just because, you know, they have eyes, that you dress a little differently. But they're watching you in particular. Oh yeah, they're watching you. And they're wondering why you do what you do. Just like as a little girl, I would stare out my window and I would watch the little um, Orthodox Jewish children playing in their beautiful skirts. I was watching and admiring, sure, watching them play, but I was also wondering, what was the thought process behind why they would do what they're doing. Why would they go against the grain like that? It's not easy to be different. Why would people choose to be different? That's what people are thinking when they're watching you. So you're not only a girl boss, but you are an apostolic girl boss, which means the rest of the world is looking out their third floor window and peering down at you doing your thing your girl boss thing whatever that is whatever industry you're in but they're also watching your exterior like wondering why why what propels them what compels them to want to be different on the outside okay so let's switch gears for a minute and talk about royalty what 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 does the royal family look like? Well, I think if we had to put it into words, and there, there's lots of royal families, you can pick anyone that you want. Just imagine with me right now, pick a royal family in your mind and just imagine what they look like. Now, in my mind, I'm not going to tell you which royal family I'm thinking about, but it doesn't matter. Wherever you're listening in this podcast from all around the world, just pick a royal family. That, that easily comes to mind. And in my mind, I'm picturing a, a family that does the most, right? Like they are pretty much covered from head to toe. They have an amazing, um, everything is amazing. Their garments are amazing. They're made of you know the best, the finest materials. Um, their hair is amazing if they have a hat on or whatever they have on that's amazing all the way down to the shoes this family in your mind that you're thinking of this royal family is put together and let's be honest the word for them is covered yes in your mind you're picturing this royal family and they're covered they're not exposing a lot of flesh I want you to think about that for a minute. That's really important for our next premise. Being covered as a part of the royal family just comes with the, the package, right? When you look at a royal family and they're covered and they're dressed in the finest apparel that has you know all of the coverings that we just, We're imagining in our head, from head to toe. You're not even really concerned about why they do what they do. You're just in awe that they would feel that um, convicted. No, that's not the word I want. That they would feel that um, passionate. That's the word that I want. That they would feel that passionate about belonging to this family. Um, that they would uh, forego their own desire to just wear jeans and a t-shirt. Does that make sense? Okay, so this episode is a quick episode. It's just about um, explaining a little bit more about why we're apostolic, and this ties in together with the last episode. The last episode, we talked about who God was and his name. And so this is the second part of the series, which is once we get to know his name and who he is and we're baptized in that name, now we need to start to uh, form a sense of pride of being a part of his family. And he has told us that that we're a royal family, right? And so there's two parts to this. You. As a part of this family, you need to feel this inner pride, like I did with being a little brownie Girl Scout, where I cannot wait to just put on whatever uniform they tell me to put on, because I'm excited that the rest of the world would see that I'm a little brownie Girl Scout. I didn't I didn't argue. Well, why does it have to be that uniform? Why why can't it be? Why can't the uniform be blue instead of brown? Or why does the skirt have to be that cut? Why can't it be um, this way? So, no, I didn't. I didn't do any of those things. I was excited to be a brownie. So, the point of this podcast is number one: pray about God giving you the excitement of belonging to His family, and when you do you'll understand that this King of Kings is excited to have you as part of his royal family, and that he does have some very special people that he needs you to reach. And in order to do that, you have to look a certain way. Like when I walked around with my little brownie uniform and I had my box of cookies that I was selling, people were open to buying my cookies because they saw right away that I was a brownie because they didn't just give these uniforms out to anyone you know whereas if I was just a little kid with a jeans and t-shirt on with my box of cookies I probably would not have made as many sales because people might have been skeptical especially in the neighborhood I lived in they might have thought uh, we don't know if you're really a brownie like we don't know if those cookies just came from your cabinet in your house and you're just wanting to make some extra money for candy right so the way you look very much has to do with what doors open to you and what people trust you and what you say so it's really important as an apostolic girl boss that you approach the king in prayer and you say now that i belong to you how would you like me to look so that people around me can admire the passion that I have for you. And even though they may not understand it, in their mind and in their hearts, they're drawn to it. And they, they, they wish that they could understand what powerful driving force would, what what could I possibly have fallen in love with that would allow them access to even my wardrobe. What an amazing king. a king that people are willing to change their wardrobe for. Wow, I must know this king. That's what people are thinking when they're watching you, apostolic call bosses. They may not say that out loud ever. I've been in the church for over 20 years and uh, never has anyone in my family or circle of friends ever said that to me out loud. But I trust that just like I watched those Hasidic Jewish kids playing around from the third floor of my grandmother's apartment building and I wanted what they had. I never told any of them that, but I trust that as I walk with my king, there are people that are watching me and they're wanting what I have. And that I don't know about you, but that just makes me excited because I know that As they desire more, he's going to give them more and he's going to satisfy the hunger of their hearts. Thank you for listening today. We will see you again in a few days with another podcast.